Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin, and we're here with Comic Danny Suggs. Danny Suggs, how the hell are you, man? Very good, sir. How are you doing? Oh, good. Now, up top, where can people in New York City see you live on stage? You're at West Side Comedy Club? West Side Comedy Club, Broadway Comedy Club, you know, Greenwich uh, Comedy Club. Uh, you know, I go to the Lantern, you know, on occasion. Just pretty much any place anybody will have me. But the, to, to find you that night, we go to DannySuggsComedy.com. DannySuggsComedy.com or just Danny Suggs, uh, comedy on Instagram, Facebook, you know. I'm Even Twitter. I follow you on Twitter. So you Danny, uh, is, are you at Danny Suggs? Yeah, at okay. Danny Suggs Comedy, yeah. Okay. Now, you're more of a dry comic and things like that, so kind of uh, your energy is a little bit more low-key on stage? Yeah, I'm a low-key comic, but I like to do, like, clever, like, punchlines, so, like, you're, you know, kind of take you on a ride. You don't really know what coming so is it some misdirection or do you play with uh, you, you kind of play with the idea that the audience doesn't really know you yet so up top you can be a little bit more withholding and slowly reveal who you are through jokes exactly yeah. like I like to keep people guessing but you know in for instance if I'm talking about like a cell phone I want to you know speak about something that everybody knows because I have a lot of friends from all over you know Europeans so they might not yeah. get necessarily what a bodega is if I do like a New York theme you know, like type joke, but everybody yeah. that has a cell phone, they're going to know what it's like to have somebody hovering over their shoulder or, right. you know, trying to see what they're, you know, doing when they're trying to construct their own text message. So, so there are general things, but I like to keep it, you know, clever. And so, yeah, so so a Danny a Danny Suggs cell phone joke would start out with a cell phone because you got a lot of, a lot of people in the audience who have one. Hopefully, but it's Yeah, but it's more clever and you'll kind of go in a place that might be unexpected? Unexpected and, you know, things that people, you know, know happens to them on a regular basis, but they're yeah. like, oh, my God, I thought it was just me. But, yeah. like, no, it's everybody. You Good. know, everybody has those experiences. And we're, we're sitting there nodding along because it's yeah. like, yeah, although I'm a European tourist, I know exactly what you're fucking exactly. talking about. Exactly, right? exactly. Now, now, me and you have a shared interest in... Nostalgia. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the past with respect to, you know, even grade school and high school. I was just a badass, you know, just coasting on my own melted cheese sandwich for <laughs> just decades. And shit didn't hit the fan until I was about 20. And then I got my reality check, as most uh, dumbasses do. What What are you nostalgic about? And what's the healthy What's the healthy way to be nostalgic and not clinging to the past? Because you're obviously a comedian who's successful. And if you're coasting in the past, if you're kind of coasting on the past, you can't go out there and just own the New York City comedy scene. Right. I'm a big fan of Little Debbie Snack Cakes. You know, like, uh, you know, growing up, I went to a private school, so my parents would not give me access to sweet cereals and, you know, cookies, things like that. So yeah. going to somebody's sleepover, I'm like, Corn Pops. Little Debbie know, like, Snack you know, Cakes and, sh and sugar cereal, <laughs> man. <laughs> we're eating shredded wheats at my, you know, my parents' house. Like, I didn't even know what Applejack was. So kind of like kind of growing up, they, they <clears throat> didn't give you the things you wanted. Um, they, thought you it, they thought it was love, but I realized, you know, that it was hatred. They yeah. called it tough love now. <laughs> And then, but then you had the rebellion, and you're going, you're going elsewhere, and you're eating the corn pops at the at the sleepover and things like that. So, that, did your parents at any point realize that they kind of had done the opposite and drove you to the ar drove you into the arms of Little Debbie? I still eat like I'm a ten year old kid, you know, because I just didn't have access to all that stuff. You know, I have a lot of making up to do. And then, is there anything else from your childhood that kind of you, it, it, Danny Suggs, back in the day? What was your, you know, before comedy? What was your your just the the peak Danny Suggs. And what were you, you know, what, what clothes were you wearing? What were you listening to? You thought you were the shit when you were how old? 
Um, I was thought I was a shit when I was probably thirteen. Yeah. You know, everything I was wearing was Ocean Pacific. You know, like Hobie, like members only. Again, because I went to a private school, I could only dress um, outside. Uh, you know, of school. So anytime I was invited to like a you know a dance, like we had school dance on occasion, I could do that. But like any church functions or anything that my parents, friends, kids had, they allowed us to go to. I would always you know just try to dress it up. Just it's kind of like being a prisoner and you know finally being able to take off you know that yeah. that orange jumper. You so know? you still do it through style because you're styling right now. Kind of what's your what's your dress on stage? Like what 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 is the role of um, your attire on stage as a comic? You know why why are certain comics in suits? And why are you not wearing a suit? I like to wear all black. Okay. Um, I people, have, you know, kind of thought I was a good dresser, like once upon a time, maybe still, but I don't want people focusing on that ever. So I try to uh. wear only black on stage. I might wear like a variety of sneakers, but I want them focusing on the joke, not on my belt, not on my shirt, not on my sweatshirt. So I try to keep black jeans, you know, just a clean palette, so they can focus on the. Uh, Material. I don't want anybody to get distracted. I need all, I need all the laughs I can get. Yeah. Now, now, what is the role of distraction in comedy? Like, do you find that these comedy clubs you're doing can be better as far as rooting out distractions? Like, do people ever pull out their cell phones and you see their glowing face? And how do you deal with something like that? Do you do crowd work to kind of get them off their phones if they happen to be on a phone or a check drop or something that's distracting them? Like, on occasion, somebody uh, of a particular age, you know, like maybe 60 or above, their phone might ring. And then I'm like, it can't really, you know, give them a hard time because yeah. everybody's got like a dad that doesn't understand his techno yeah. uh, technology on his phone. Sometimes you get like hecklers, somebody that's in there like maybe drinking one to seven drinks and they're not aware that the one to seven drinks have taken hold of them. So you kind of have to, you know, you know, keep them, you know, at bay without, you know, disrupting the entire, and like you don't want, you know, this interaction to be going back and forth and yeah. now your time has expired. So you want to, you know, playfully shut them the fuck up and, yeah. you know, kind of move on. Without you know. becoming the bad guy. Right, especially like you know, you know, if it's somebody like older, like you don't want to be, you know, deemed, you know, somebody that just, you know, heckled a seventy-seven-year-old woman that was celebrating her, you know, fiftieth wedding anniversary, like with her husband, just because she's been inebriated because she's like PBRs, you know. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a great sale on PBRs, but she had a, had a few. It was too good of a deal on PBR tonight. And is there any um any comedy show, like what's the perfect comedy show? If you if you're producing a comedy show. Who else is on the show with you? What other kinds of comics, or you can even mention them by na name, but what kind of comics do you like listening to? I mean, I'm a dry comic, but, yeah. you know, I know some people that are just very, very expressive. You know, some people that are just, like, super animated. I feel like going to a comedy show is a perfect date, so I'd like to see a comedy show where there's just a variety of comedians so that somebody can say, I didn't necessarily like him or her, yeah. but I loved you know, like her and, you know, this guy, you know, just so everybody can really, really get something out of it. Because, you know, some people are just not into the greats. Yeah. You know, some people are not going to love a Kevin Hart for whatever reason, or like even a Dave Chappelle, if you can believe that. Who yeah. knows why, but they might like somebody that we, you know, the people may not necessarily love. So Who could not like Kevin Hart? So I just watched the, docu the documentary that came out that he did about kind of the scandals that have, you know, engulfed his irresponsible tour over the last year. And he did a, he did a good job kind of putting it all in perspective. Um, is Kevin Hart, you know, do you have a Mount Rushmore of comedy? If so, is Kevin Hart anywhere near there? Because I would almost put him on mine. The, the minute somebody else does, the minute somebody does four or five streaming specials that are pretty excellent, mm -hmm. I'll be like, I'm going to watch every special this guy does. And there's not many of them. You know, Bill Burr, Louis C.K., Kevin mm -hmm. Hart, Eliza Schlesinger is good. Is who, Who's on yours, and how how is Danny Suggs going to be on mine in the future? I mean, 
hate to bring up Dave Chappelle again, but I'm just a big fan of, you know, like Dave, when I first started doing comedy, well, geographically, we're from the same area. So people would always say, oh, you kind of sound like Dave Chappelle. So then I just kind of stopped watching him because I was fearful Uh. that his voice would seep into mine. I'm a big fan of Kevin Hart, and I feel like, you know, the more scandal, you know, the more (laughs) obstacles you have, you know, like, that's just more, you know, fire, like, for once you get on stage, you know, like stories that you can tell people on a... You know, they want to be able to identify with you that know that your life is not as perfect as they may think it is. Yeah. People want, you know, to walk, you know, through life with somebody knowing that, you know, whatever they're experiencing, you know, happens to the best of the best people. Yeah, because if you have a long career like they do, if you cannot take a scandal and make comedy out of it, like, they'll they'll be like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, I really want to hear what his excuse for this is, and Mm -hmm. then I want him to make it funny. Mm -hmm. Because then he kept me a Kevin Hart believer thereafter. Right. But, like, Dave Chappelle, it's like, um, I heard so much about Dave Chappelle just being a legend and and just, and and I I thought he was known for characters that were more high energy on his show. Mm -hmm. But then he came out, and I was like, man, he is a little bit more Mm low-key. And and I guess maybe because he smokes, you know, I've heard he smokes a lot of pot, and maybe Mm -hmm. that's why he's a little bit more low energy. But he is kind of dry and, and of course, clever as hell. Yeah. And so was his delivery always that low-key? And Uh, it's just his characters that were kind of high energy? Certain characters of his were high energy? um, Definitely that was his, you know, like, energy. But I think he would become certain characters that he either wanted to make fun of or he didn't necessarily, like, you know, care for and wanted to bring to the forefront. Um, And do you do anything like that? I mean, do you have any characters that are a little bit more high energy to kind of break up any, you know, clever, dry stuff you have going on? I will speak with a monotone voice, but when I'm trying to make a point out of nowhere, I'll just like kind of yell, just kind of like drive it home and then I'll go right back down. So people Ah. are like, you know, they're shocked, you know, they're laughing. They're like, why did he do that? He did that. That's funny. Is he going to do it again? And then he went back a little bit. And I love that. Like the more space on stage you have. You know, I almost think Norm Macdonald had something like that. It's like people shouldn't ask, you know, a stand-up shouldn't ask the audience for applause or whatever because you're taking the air out of the balloon. And so the way he always did it was always so kind of nerve-wracking because mm-hmm. you're like, when is Norm Macdonald going to be funny? Like, right. where, where's the punchline? And he almost just kind of luxuriated in that silence. Have you have you noticed being kind of a, a lower-key, dry comedian who's clever, have you... Have you ever had to embrace the silence? Back in the day, were you ever scared of silence and lack of laughter? And have you had to embrace it and make it your friend? Terrified. Initially, I was terrified of it. Even if it happens today, now it's freeing because you're just like, fuck it. You know, Mm. like whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You know, let me just get out here and just like do what I think I can do. And it could go bad, but then again, it could go good. I mean, I I really view everything as a learning experience. You know, like no comedian is going to have a perfect set, you know, across the board. And that's why it's important to watch, you know, the greats because they'll either tell you that or you'll see some of the work and say, oh, well, that was good, but it wasn't as good as you expected it to be. So you're like, oh, like everybody has days like this. So that's part of the process, I think. And have you ever seen somebody up close in a small small room, like either been on a show with them. Have you ever seen, you know, Dave Chappelle come work out an act or Chris Rock or any of those people who are always doing their pop-ins? I have not. 2020, you know, that is, um, you know, on the things to-do list. You know, Just the, make sure you get popped in and bumped for a Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least make sure I'm in the room. I might be sweeping, but I want to be in the room. Yeah. And, and now, now some of the comics who are coming up, um, who do you kind of, who, who's in the scene that I haven't heard of that I should have heard of besides Danny Sucks? And we all know who Danny Suggs is, but, like, who who are you like, man, this guy's about to pop? Um, big fan of Jay Jordan. Okay. You know, uh, he was uh, on the NBC uh, Diversity finalist uh, last year. I okay. guess I guess the year before last. Now that's 2020. A uh, big, big fan of him. Um, 
God, there's just... Or just other people you're bumping into in the rooms that you're like, man, I could tour with that guy. Not only has he got a good, unique point of view, but I like his delivery and he's a good hang. There's a girl named Jula Branda. I really, okay. really like her. You know, she's from Jersey. You know, she has a, definitely has a point of view. Um, I think she's very, very funny. I don't think that I've heard anybody like her uh, recently. Um, Frankie French, yeah, she's from uh, the D.C. metropolitan area, but she comes back and forth to New York City all the time. Oh, cool. And are, have you have you gone to D.C. and kind of worked with her at all, or, you, or would you be open to doing that? Absolutely. Like I, somebody you respect in a, in a different market kind of, you know, put them on here and they put you on there. Absolutely. Uh, actually, I took part in the NBC uh, uh, Diversity Showcase as well, and she okay. and I met there. So over Christmas holiday, I did a show. She was not there, but I did a show in D.C., so um, that was just fantastic. Okay. You know, my family hasn't seen me do anything quite yet, but I wanted to make sure I put my thumbprint down in that yeah. in that area so that I can try to get some spots out there. Are and you from You're from that area? Yeah, I'm from uh, Northern Virginia, right outside D.C., about 25 miles. D.C. Now, what? Uh, now, D.C., if you go home, do you do spots when you're in, like, you know, you're, you're going you're going home for some sort of holiday? Is, is there is there a place where you can get up and kind of test your comedy in front of your home market? And and do you, you know is there anything about Washington D.C. that you can take the piss out of? Is there anything just hilarious about it that you can't say to a New York audience? Um, I love where I'm from, but as far as the direction that I'm going in my life, it was just like too conservative. It was like very very, uh, just very very boring for me. Um, like politics, you stay away from. Yeah, like, you know, people want to laugh and, you know, that's just one of, you know, you, I've seen people's relationships end <laughs> yeah. over political conversations. Over and over your political joke. You're you're doing a political joke. People are on a date. By the end of the joke, they're no longer on the date. They're like, well, did you agree with da- what Danny Suggs said? I didn't. We're done. Especially when <laughs> people are drinking, you know, that just, you know, amplifies like wow. everything. See, I like to be very, very careful about that. I might, you know, like mention Trump's name, but I would yeah. just never put my opinion. You know, secret ballot, the secret ballot for a reason. Yeah. Nobody needs to know what I'm thinking. That's and the I'll... first time I heard that. Yeah. Now, 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 what's a Danny Suggs joke with the word Trump in it? Like you, you talked about the other comics that you look at who maybe have <coughs> a, a unique point of view, other than your kind of style being clever and and maybe low key. What is your point of view that's unique? that everybody could hear. Like, if I could see a joke online that was just somebody stole from you, I'd mm-hmm. be like, no, that's a Danny Suggs joke. I know you took that. I remember once when I went to Spain uh, for the first time, you know, I, w- I was out there with a group of friends. They were out there doing a whole lot of stuff that I wasn't really into. So I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to venture and hang out with the, you know, the, you know, the commoners, you know, the townspeople. Wow. So there was a bunch of people that were, like, drinking, you know, like, smoking weed. And, you know, because I'm from the States, they're like, you know, like, what's up with Trump? And yeah. I was just like... He's high too, you know, because he was just making so many. <laughs> you know, because he's clever and deadpan, yeah. Because everybody was just like, I haven't heard that either. Please give us some, you know, explanation as to what's going on. This is like early on, like when he just, you know, he had become elected. But, yeah, you know, before he started a war to get reelected, that I mean, whole race in Iran stuff. Yeah, like, you know, every time I saw somebody, I would see them, I was just like, you know, like, sorry. You know, yeah. Like, I just feel like I had to apologize. Like my child had just like gone wild and wrecked somebody's birthday party. You know? uh, just, but I love it. He's high too. I haven't heard that and so you can take something that everybody has heard like i've heard so much stuff about trump and i've heard you know sorry and stuff like that and even rose mcgowan with her recent you know apologizing to the iranian people for disrespecting their flag etc it's just like 
Rose McGowan, what the hell are you doing saying I'm sorry to the Iranian people because we killed, you know, like yeah. this guy was some sort of, you know, they classified him as a terrorist leader and things like that. And so it's like, but Rose McGowan knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, her, it's her role to immediately apologize before knowing anything about it. But, but I've heard a lot of Trump stuff, even including the, oh, I'm sorry for my president, but it's the <clears> first time I've heard he's high too and you know that in addition to it what was the other thing you said recently is like i never fucking heard that and that's where danny suggs lives as far as comedy absolutely and so how do you kind of keep that up i mean do you when you're writing do you do you wait for the sixth joke i mean do you think that the first two you know are kind of hacky and you wait for the third like you know certain people are like well you know tell the first joke that's the first thing that comes to mind that's what everybody's gonna think the second joke you're a little bit closer to originality the third one is where danny suggs finds his trump joke like what's your writing process i like to tell the first joke that i'm pretty familiar with that i feel like it's just gonna you know kind of umbrella the entire room just to kind of take the temperature of the room to see like you know can i do a hip-hop joke like you know can i do a race joke talking about me never about any other race but you know i don't mind talking about my people yeah um just to see like how the room is and then i'll just kind of you know i like to pepper you know certain materials in there just depending on like what the audience is like sometimes you get like under 23 audience you might get like an over like 60 that might not know you know you know who jay-z even is yeah and so is it like a choose your own adventure where like you do bring up that umbrella joke and you if they don't do you know if they don't you know obviously don't know who Jay Jay is Jay Z is at all? Mm-hmm. You kind of go to your next umbrella joke. Do you actually just are you that good that you can kind of just just go through your umbrella jokes and the minute somebody doesn't know something, you're able to easily transition to your next umbrella umbrella joke? I'll address the fact that you don't know who that <laughs> is, and I'll tell somebody because they can laugh at themselves. Go They're get the a 60, compu- yeah. go get a computer. <laughs> you know, like you know, go get your grandmother's encyclopedia. Like, what do you do with your life? Do something. That, you know, this should be common knowledge. That's hilarious because you can poke, and I, I almost think they would be ready to laugh at that. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the person who doesn't know who Jay-Z is is the first to admit, I don't know who Jay-Z is. I've stopped trying to figure out who these people are 20 years ago when mm-hmm. I gave up music, when I started raising my kids. Mm-hmm. That They would laugh at that. And then you would kind of move over into your next umbrella topic and see if that would work better. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, like, if you don't know who Jay-Z is, like, you have to admit that you don't know who Beyonce is either. You have yeah. to know who she is regardless if you want to or not. Yeah, so that's your next joke. And, and I would also laugh at that because it's like, well, I don't know who Jay-Z is, but I know who Beyonce is a little bit. And right. you can even play with that a little bit. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Now, I want to I want to see you. I want to see you next time. And so I'm going to go on as Dan, dannysuggscomedy.com. Well, and actually, your next dates. Yeah, like, like all my dates are uh, like it's Danny Suggs comedy. All my shows are posted on my Instagram. Okay, and, um, and that's I just Dan. That's just Danny Suggs. Yeah. Okay. And I do the same thing on Facebook and uh, Twitter. The dot com is coming. Oh, okay. Okay. So Danny Suggs comedy. I think we referenced that. Is that? Yeah, that's how you just track me down and find anything that I'm doing oh. geographically. So if I were to if I were to go into Facebook search engine, yeah, and go to Danny Suggs comedy, it would bring up your comedy page. Yeah, everything. Right? And then, um, are you doing anything? You know, I think what was his name? The, the, Sullivan is low. What's, what the fuck is his name? He's the new guy, and, Andy Schwartz. Who's that new guy who's doing? He's doing. Um, at the very least, okay, this guy's this guy's coming up. I thought it was Andy Schultz. Maybe I'm fucking going crazy right now. But From what venue? Well, he's just all over the place now. I think he just got a special. But um, he said, like, the, the thing for comics to do is what clips on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. and YouTube. Kind of what's your formula? Like, are you going to videotape certain clips and then put it on Instagram? So if I'm going to Danny Suggs on Instagram, am I going to see kind of a clip of you doing a cool joke on stage? Um, I have a few things on there, and I intend on putting some more things. I will pull, uh, like, I'll put the introduction to a joke on there, oh. and I will 
end it before the punchline you comes. Suck. So if you want to <laughs> see it, come on to my show, 8 p.m., blah, 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 that's blah. That's hilarious, dude. You, 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 you suck, and we hate you, and that's only because we, lo- <laughs> we love you, and we want to see the punchlines. So Danny Suggs, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.